0: <laughs> Good morning, afternoon, whatever. Just another lovely day back here with the Crusaders of New Temple. I'm Aunt Su and this is... I'm Thea. Thea, the uh, Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> um, the, the paladin who comes in and wipes your butt, you know. He's holier than thou. try to. Well, you know, holier than thou, like most paladins are. We're here to give you another great podcast from the Crusaders of New Temple. Hope you all have been enjoying them to date. Welcome to it again. What we're going to cover in this podcast here is we're going to cover, first off, we're going to cover more secrets of making gold in the auction house to uh, earn the money your characters need without a whole lot of work. Then we're going to cover...
1: Yes, we're going to cover. I'm going to talk about being a paladin. A little bit about palatry the and the different directions... You, you could go because you do at 10th level you have to make a decision. Kind of or you end up spending money respecing later on. So we'll talk about the talents for a paladin.
0: And we're going to talk about the talents for rogue and some of the talent uh, the talent trees and what the specs uh, I consider are best considering uh, rogue is my uh, class of choice. Then we're also going to talk about cooking. And some some of the great cooking recipes you can get out there. And then I'm going to talk about the battlegrounds again. You've heard me talk
1: about how, how such, a good I- such a good idea to get into the battlegrounds, and that you can purchase some pretty nice items with the battleground honor points and your and the battlegrounds.
0: And we're going to give some. Uh, and I'm going to give you a nice walkthrough of the dungeons of the stockades. Uh, give you a bit about what I found when I went through the dungeon and the stockades, and we're also going to cover one other auction house item.
1: Yeah, I'm going to talk about the Auction House from the last time, the last podcast. Akan Su had covered how to set yourself up and get started in the Auction House. That is something I hadn't done yet, really. I would kind of just dabbled and played with it. Well, I did take my 24-level enchant uh, Warlock, and I set him up to start on the Auction House. So I'll talk about how well I did during the last two weeks.
0: So that's pretty much what we're going to cover in this episode of The Crusaders of New Temple. Welcome back. Okay, we're going to give you now a brief recap of uh, some of the things we've covered in our previous podcast so that you might want to go back and check them out. We have covered things such as what is a gatherer, uh, the auction house. We cover the crafting trades, blacksmithing and mining,
1: um, skinning and leatherworking.
0: And we've also covered the dead mines in our previous podcast. So you might want to go back and check out some of our previous podcasts to find out some of the things we've covered. Granted, the earlier podcasts are going to be a little rougher, um, but as we do more of these, they get better and better. Yeah,
1: you definitely do want to get the, especially get the last podcast where we started the one on the auction house, because I was talking to one of my friends in the game in the game last night, and he's just hit level sixty and complaining about not having enough money to get the stuff that he needs to get and so i was talking to him about says you didn't listen to the last podcast and then let him know that he really needs to start working on the auction house and briefly in chat just let him know how well i did which i'll cover here in a little bit what is thy bidding my master
0: okay well i'm going to start off myself on the auction house here the auction house as you know has uh, been very profitable for me to date, in my month and a half of uh, glory in the auction house, my total clearing has been over ten thousand gold, and that's how long you've
1: been doing it now?
0: Month and a half, six weeks. Six weeks, I've cleared ten thousand gold in the auction house, and I've uh, spent a fair bit on all my characters, uh, twinking them out, which has uh, been quite fun to be able to uh, do. That it means I don't have to worry about it because I'll just go make more in the auction house. At any rate, what I'm going to cover here on the Auction House today is something that you need to do with your auctions every once in a while. And this is because as you're in the Auction House, you'll keep posting and reposting stuff up into the Auction House to resell it. Well after a while, you'll realize that some things just won't sell. So what you have to do is what I did this week here, I let all of my auctions expire. Every one of them. And then I went through the items, and I disenchanted numerous of the items out for the enchanting stuff. Because I'd put them up into the auction house two, three, and four times. And so I ended up collecting a large chunk of enchanting uh, components. It's actually quite amazing the the amount of enchanting components you get once you start disenchanting some of the uh, mid-level stuff. And one of the things it uh, provides you to is it also gives you a true actual where you are with your auctions. Because once you clean that out, you can start all over again. Now, like I said, I'm sitting at, uh, with all the gold I've sent off to some of my alts to twink amount, I'm sitting at just over 8000 in my bank right now, which allows me to do the things I want to do and to be quite enjoyable with the auctions and also enjoyable with my characters. Now, I wanted to mention to you some of the other things you'll do is there will be a few items there that you won't be able to disenchant, so you can take them and sell them off to a vendor. Now, if you're like me, with the auction house, one of the things I often end up doing is uh, I keep buying these quest items for dirt cheap and reselling them for a profit. Well, what happens is now I've collected a whole lot of quest items that they're never going to sell. So those items there, you can either continue to put them in the auction house or just simply destroy them and let them disappear from the game. And that pretty much covers what I wanted to talk to you about on the auction house now, uh, to date. Again, the biggest thing you want to do is you want to make sure you set yourself up with the auctioneering program. The auctioneering program is what's going to uh, make uh, doing the auction house simpler. Yep, and you can download that from curse.com.
1: It's simple. Off of curse.com, you can just click the button, and it'll self-install, and you don't even have to worry about it. You don't have to be too computer-savvy to deal with that one and get
0: it set up. Yeah, And there, there are some tweaks inside the uh, auction house uh, program. And those are there, most of them are a learning experience. They, they take a little bit of uh, practice with them. In the last podcast, I covered the, uh, the windows on how the auction house, auction house program works, so you might want to go back and listen to it there. So that uh, pretty much covers what we're going to do on the Auction House here, and that'll take us up into uh, covering some talent trees uh, with uh, Thea here. This place is kept, is kept by, by powerful gods. God. And spirits
1: of kings. Yeah, I'm going to talk about being a paladin. Basically, a paladin is a warrior. A paladin can wear plate armor. So, one of the things you have to worry about being a paladin is your main stats, depending on your talent tree. For retribution, so I'm getting ahead of myself. We hadn't even talked about the different talent trees. So, we do know that you have a paladin, he can wear a plate mail. So, we're going to talk about the several different talent trees. You have retribution, you have holy, and you have protection. They mean what they. holy means what it is. You're holy. You do a lot of healing. You're designed. that, that holy tree is designed to heal.
0: Read, holier than thou.
1: <laughs> okay. So, you have your three talent trees holy, protection, and retribution. And each one has their their duties. The Holy Paladin is going to serve the Holy Light as a healer, keeping your companions alive in the heat of battle, basically. The Protection Tree contains many talents that are required for tanking purposes. So you want to, And then, you have your Retribution Tree turns the Paladin an unstoppable melee fighter. This is what I found. Retribution is the one I'm going to start with. My Paladin is 77 level, almost 78. I'm working hard this week. Had some time to work on them. And I am a Retribution Paladin. What I have found is Retribution is, the, is your melee Paladin. It's your Paladin that is, is your best setup for player versus the environment. You have good healing capabilities. You have good mana regeneration capabilities. And you do pretty good damage. And you do have some spells that do a lot of good damage. And boy, you're murder to undead. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Unde- you're a nightmare to them. So, basically a Retribution Paladin, in my opinion, is the best for player versus environment. Now you have your Protection Paladin. Protection Paladin is the necessary talents for tanking. So if you decided you want to be a tank, now the one thing you have to consider, you can you start putting your talents in at level 10. You start out at Retribution, because you're trying to make levels, I'd go Retribution, a little bit of protection, and maybe a little bit of holy. But your main focus is on retribution, if you want to use player versus environment. Um, It costs you like a gold to revamp your talents the first time, five gold or ten gold the second time, or something like that. And the price goes up every time you want to relearn your talents. So it's not something I'd recommend. Something also you need to consider is later on when you're high enough you can dual spec, which means you can run two sets of talents. I'll talk about that at the end, about how that works. I've just started doing that, so I'm not I know the basics for it right now. And then um, the holy paladin is basically it's a healing class. You wear plate armor, you carry a shield. If you're a holy paladin, it's your best bet, because you want that protection. And your big advantage is you can draw the healing threat by being attacked by enemies. If you do draw that threat from doing your healing, you have the armor to survive. You can survive and fight back where a healer, a priest, or a druid, once, once the mob gets on them, they're done for. <laughs> because they're not, they're not wearing the armor to protect them from some of these high-level mobs. I'm going to get very specific. Retribution Paladin does a good deal amount of damage that the heal, and can heal himself has a new ability called the Art of War which allows him to instant flash light whenever he scores a critical hit in a crusader strike divine storm or judgment additionally the paladin judgment will store mana I use the judgment a lot the judgment is cast every time it, re, it comes back alive every time it runs its cycle because every time it runs a cycle and I cast it I gain almost a third of my mana back this is why a paladin, when you're going player versus player on a paladin, if they that's why they don't run out of mana very often. They keep hitting you with that judgment, and that judgment gives them their mana back. And they can keep hitting you with their other spells. They do run out occasionally when they have to do a lot of healing, healing on themselves or somebody else, healing takes out their mana real quick. So a retribution paladin is a great support paladin. You basically, when you're doing a Rage, you're a good support. You do good damage, and you can get in there and do damage as support. You can heal occasionally when the healer in the group doesn't keep up with it with everybody else. And then we're talking about the Holy Paladin. Holy Paladin has one certain spell, which is really nice. It's called a Flash of Light. It has a 1.5 second cast time, and it heals and it's extremely mana efficient, and it gets about 43% bonus from your spell power. So you have a good spell power. Use flash of light. It's a quick, quick, quick heals. It doesn't. It's not a big heal, but you can keep it on somebody and just keep hitting it. And you really don't use up a lot of mana for it. Second healing spell for the Paladin arsenal is the Holy Light. It's a 2.5 second cast time, and it's. It can be talented down to a two-second. You can you get a talent for it. You can t- talent it down to a two-second. It's slightly slower, but again, it heals a lot more. But again, it eats up a lot more mana. And it's, it, but it's really good for countering spell spikes. Like somebody hits them with the, with the overtime damage. It's great for countering some overtime damage. In the core talents of the Holy Paladin, you got Illumination. Illumination refunds 60% of the spell mana cost if the score is a critical strike. So, if you cast one of your healing spells and you critically heal them, you get 60% of that mana back. Holy Paladin will cast his big healing spells more often utilizing the, the glyph of Holy Light. So, basically, if you get a glyph of Holy Light and a beacon of light, that helps out your healing. Again, you, we're going to talk about glyphs in another one of our podcasts. I'm not going to get into glyphs like at this time, but there are a lot of glyphs out there that enhance your, ter- your certain parts of your talents. And the last one I want to talk about is protection. Protection ta- paladin is a tanker. He's able to control the huge groups of enemies. He's excellent taking on single opponents as well. And the best thing about it is Protection Paladins are the Consecration Spell, Retribution Ore, Blessing of Sanctuary, Righteous Fueling, and their Holy Shield. Consecration makes the area around the Protection Paladin cause holy damage to any enemy standing in the area. It's an area of effect spell. So any, any of the, if you're getting attacked by multiple mobs, you're doing damage to them all. And again, additionally, the target is... Okay... Blessing a Sanctuary. It's a nice little talent. And, and it reduces your incoming damage by 3% and can be buffed on anyone in the Paladin's group with a raid. This thing, the target will gain 2% of their maximum mana whenever he blocks, parries, or dodges an attack. So he puts that on himself. Again, you have another mana coming back. Anytime you can keep your mana up in a battle for a Paladin, you're better off. The Holy Shield buff which should be kept active as as much as possible. It increases the block chance of up to 30%. Basically what this means is a Holy Paladin should be running around with a one-handed weapon and a shield. The Holy Shield buff does not work if you're not carrying a shield. If you're healing, you want to have as much armor as you can. You're not in there being the tank. You're not in there to do damage. You're in there to heal, so when you get the mobs on you from... getting aggravation up from some of these mobs, you want to be able to protect yourself. But one of the things I do there is on my my action bars, I have a sword and a shield on my action bar, and I have my two-handed weapon on my action bar. So during a fight, when I'm out there trying to heal somebody, like when I'm helping some of my friends, the main thing is I'm there to heal in some groups, because even though I am a retribution paladin, I can still heal, just not as good as if I was a holy paladin. So I do keep, like I said, a one-handed weapon, a shield, and a two-handed weapon on my action bar. And I'm, when I'm healing, I use a one-handed and a shield, and I can always hit one button. Yes, I lose one attack, but then I go right to my two-handed weapon where I can do my thousand points of damage on a hit. So I can take care of that mob that's decided they like me now because I've been healing. Okay, I'll give you a real quick recap, a, a, a rundown on some of this stuff. At level 10 to 14, you get benediction. 15 to 16, you would want to do your improved judgment. 17 to 18, improved blessing. 19, your heart of the crusader, if you want to do retribution. Sorry I didn't tell you what this was for. And at level 20, you want to do seal of command. 21 to 22, you want to do your vindication. 23 to 24, pursuit of justice. 25 to 26, your eye for an eye. 27 to 29 sanctity of the battle. 30 to 32, your two-handed weapon specialization. I'm going to stop there because most of the people that we're trying to help right now are below level 30. When we decide when we get to the point that we're doing our podcast, we're going to say now we're doing podcasts from level 30 to 40 or level 30 to 50 or whatever we decide the range is, then I'll go on a little bit a right, little bit more. but right now these p- recent podcasts are more directed at levels 1 through 30. So I hope this helps you out. Take a good look at your talent trees and you've got to make a decision which way you want to head. If you never plan on changing it, don't recommend that plan of action because you'll find out you may want to. And if you're going to dual spec, which I can tell you right now cost you a thousand gold, and you won't be able to do it for some That was a while, great, there. Um, Yeah, sorry, guys. I didn't talk a too fast; i won't well. be a problem. It was when very the time thorough.
0: Um, my uh, coverage of the talent tree for the Rogue is not going to be nowhere near as uh, thorough as that. Yeah, but
1: I've been uh, doing the. Uh, my Paladin's been around a little bit longer.
0: That's true. I'm only at level 51. I'm further
1: into my talent trees than you
0: are. I'm going to cover the talent trees uh, where I'm at right now. First, we'll give you the overhead of the talent trees for the Rogue. Uh, Of course, like everyone else, there's three talent trees. The Rogue has the Assassination Talent Tree, the Combat Talent Tree, and the subtlety Subtlety Talent Tree. Wow, that's a tongue twister. Say that one ten times fast. At any rate, what we're gonna what I'm gonna cover here is with my rogue in particular, I use the subtlety talent tree. Mainly because in the subtlety talent tree it gives me the ability to do some wicked killing from the shadows and to just bring things down in wicked fast fashion. There are some talents in the assassination and combat Talent tree that you would like click on and add to your uh, stuff. Although you're only going to use, if you're going to do something like me, head into the subtlety tree. You're only going to use a few of the uh, items from the assassination and combat tree. Some of the advantages of the subtlety tree is when you start getting down the tree a bit, there is some fantastic improvements to your uh, tools, especially in your tricks of the trade such as ambush and hemorrhage. These items here. When you get those, they do some wicked damage on your, uh, on your uh, enemies when you manage to do them while stealthed. Not to mention, they add, you can use them to add distance to your dirty tricks, such as blind and sap. Whereas, when you start with blind and sap, they got a range of 5 yards. But by using the talent tree, you can move them all the way up to 15 yards range. Which adds a measurable increase and makes it much easier to uh, attack your enemies that means and stop them.
1: That's why these rogues in the battlegrounds have been getting my ass really good.
0: That's why they get your ass really good. They they use that talent tree and they've got it extended out, and you come within 15 yards, and they go zap. You're suddenly at a standstill. And, and that
1: 15 work. yards, I, I wager, doesn't take much to get behind them.
0: Oh no 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 no! For a rogue, boom, 15 yards. He's right behind you because also in the talent trees, there's. Uh, Ones to add additional range to your backstab and other stuff, so you'll be able to backstab from as far as ten, <coughs> 10 yards away.
1: Well, as soon as they hit seventy eight, which will hopefully by the end of this weekend, I got to start playing my rogue some more.
0: Yeah, so this is the reason for the talent trees, and in my opinion, is to look through it and pick carefully through the talent tree as you go, read it, and see what it's going to be most advantageous for your class and your character. In fact, what you can do is you can head over to Wowhead.com and use their talent calculator. They have an excellent talent calculator there to allow you to sort of experiment and see what talents would be the best ones for your class. So you can move through that line and improve your character class up. That's mainly what the talents are for: is to take your current your current abilities and expand them so that they so you make the best of them. So that's what uh, my pretty much my coverage of the talent trees on here. Um, what we're going to cover up next is we're going to cover up the battlegrounds, and Thea's going to cover this because he's really big into the battlegrounds. I've only stopped in there a few times lately, and all I've done is a few battles. Um, I just must be unlucky, or we just must be sad, because I've never actually been on a winning team, so it uh, kind of sucks. Hey,
1: I won Warsong four times last night. Whoa, congratulations. In a, a rope.
0: For some reason, the horde just seemed to come in and kick ass in the battlegrounds. It's
1: organization, and I'd love to get a group together. If any people live at work, I mean, that listen to our podcast would like to are hitting in their seventies right now because that's what I'm playing mostly, and are looking at battlegrounds and want to go in as a group. Send me a whisper in the in in the game sometime and see if we can get a group to go in specifically. I'm pretty sure the horde goes in as groups. So they're all prepared. To, a lot of times you want as a group, so they're all prepared, and they talk to each other.
0: Yeah, they seem to be well organized. Which is
1: something we're going to have to cover in one of our next podcasts is Ventrilo, the capability of talking to other people without using Wow's talk, uh, chat, uh, voiceover capability. Yeah, Ventrilo is quite nice. Yeah, with Sue and I use it quite a bit, even if we're not adventuring together. Advantage of Ventrilo, just to give you a quick one is that we can load up Ventrilo. He can be off on one side of the world, and me on the other, and we can still talk and we're not in a group. So all they have to do is log into the Ventrilo account that, that we have. Okay, so back to the battlegrounds. Here's what I did. As you know, I started playing a row and at level 20, it got pretty tough because I was too high for the area I was in. I was about four levels too low for the area that I was that I wanted to be in. So I said, well, I'm going to try the battlegrounds. So I went in the battleground. I went one after another. I was averaging 1,000 to 2,000 experience points per battleground at level 20. I mean, excuse me, I did that at 18. Got myself to level 22. So I basically did almost four levels, of mixture of battleground and some, some adventuring. So I did XP at the low level was pretty good. I didn't keep any statistics on that. I wish I had at the time. I wasn't thinking about it. But the next time I take them in, I'll keep some statistics and let you know exactly what kind of experience points per, I'm getting for a loss and a win. Now, down to Thea, I spent from level seventy-five to seventy-seven. I spent at least half of my le- half of my time leveling in the battleground. Maybe even a third of my time. I spent uh, um, for a win in the in Warsong Gulch. I was making 37k experience points. For a loss, I was making 30, 000, 30k experience points. That's in Warsaw Gulch. Now, the average experience points I'm getting for a quest at that level right now is about 20 to 25,000. So I was actually making more per battleground in experience points than I did doing a quest. Here's one of the advantages and some disadvantages. First advantage is I got no armor to repair and at my, at 77, and I do a lot of times my armor repairs are costing me 10 to 20 gold, okay, on the average every time I go into repair. So look at that aspect. Yeah, I probably do four or five quests before I have to go repair, or I have to repair real quick if I get killed, which happens. It does happen. We all end up dying somewhere because of all the additions that can attack you when you're out there. So, one of the advantages is you come out of battlegrounds, you're fully healed, your armor's fully repaired, you don't have to spend money. So, for 30,000 experience points in a loss, I got it without having to spend 10 to 20 gold. And um, the disadvantage is you're not making the gold either. Okay.
0: Yeah, but if you're playing the Auction House, it's really not an, uh, a problem.
1: <laughs> That's true. If you're using Alcon's Su's suggestions about the Auction House, making gold for that character is not a bad thing. And you can still buy items. So with, you, with those experience
0: points. Let me, let me
1: okay, go ahead. Okay, um, the last thing I want to talk about is some tactics. I can't say I'm the best at tactics. I did win four times with the groups I was in last night. Four times in a row, we did pretty good. The best tactic I've seen is watching what the Horde are doing. One thing the Horde are doing is they don't travel by themselves very often. They are usually one person a little bit ahead, and then he's got one or two, two or three other people not too far behind. And they strategically place themselves throughout the battleground to help out their individuals. So I, th- this is what I think they're doing, is they are strategically placing themselves... So they're in range of helping each other. They're most likely on ventrilo, so they're talking to each other somebody can just say I'm being attacked and doesn't have to worry about typing something. And then they've got specific people who are chasing the flag, specific group of two or three who are guarding their flag. And then they change their tactics basically, once once we have their flag they change their tactics a bit. They still got their guards, they still got somebody chasing our flag if we happen to have theirs and they don't have ours. But they now have got a group that's going after our flag bearer again. So that's just what I'm seeing in the tactics. And I'm only guessing right now that they're probably on Ventrilo. And they're pro- a lot of times they're probably going in as organized groups. And they work together a lot better. So that's hmm. about it. I'm going to call. Yeah. Definitely get in the battlegrounds. Do your ex- Pay attention in there and see what the horde are doing in th- at your level.
0: Yeah, that's what I've noticed in the battleground. They seem to work together. So now what I'm going to cover here is I'm going to cover a bit about uh, cooking recipes. As I've uh, enjoyed through my characters, I like collecting cooking recipes and finding the unusual and harder to find recipes that are out there. And there is hundreds of recipes for all levels of cooking out there. In fact, below levels uh, below level uh, 65 for cooking, there are some really fantastic recipes. There's uh, things such as hot apple cider. Beer. Yeah, everyone loves beer. You can make beer. Um, there's stews, bacon, fish sticks, all kinds of things out there. So basically, this is just a quick uh, coverage of, you know, cooking is, uh, yeah, it's a very good skill for you. And it allows you to make the uh, food you need as you uh, gain level. Ex- gain levels where you need to heal up in a reasonable amount of time. Yeah,
1: the other nice part is that if you're using your own recipes, don't a lot of your own recipes for the food, instead of buying it at a vendor, if you use your own recipes, don't they give you additional stats?
0: Yes, they do. Uh, If you're using ones that you made, they give you additional stats of of stamina and um, agility and it depends on the food, but you get additional stats that last for up to 15 to 30 minutes, depending on the recipe and what you're uh, making. I'll give you a nice example is, um, let's find one here that's reasonable if i can get to it how about rum tum tuber surprise it's a level forty five recipe when you use it it increases your intellect by ten for ten minutes that's one of the great things about it so get out there collect recipes become a cook cooks a very useful skill and it's a secondary skill so you can always uh, learn it so we've got coming up here for uh... He's going to cover his experience of the Auction House for the last couple of weeks since our last podcast.
1: Yep. Okay. Since our last podcast, I said I was going to start doing it. I took my 24-level Warlock. I pulled together the, some money from all my other...
0: How much gold did you actually start with? Well, I let's pulled, start with your true amount.
1: I pulled enough gold. I pulled 266 gold together between all my characters and sent it to my warlock. That's what I figured. Okay, I was looking for 250, but I I said okay. I managed. He think he had some money on him too. I got 266 gold. So first thing I did, went in the auction house, did a scan, as Su told you to do. That you have first thing you got to do is a scan. You scan the auction house, then you go to search, then you search. Basically, you do a search. Now in this search, you set a minimum amount that you want that you're looking to buy for. And the max and the max and a certain amount of profit. You determine what that profit you want it to be. My recommendation, if you're just starting out, you keep it pretty low. Two, three, four, five gold, whatever you want to side on. The whole key here is to get your stock, get your volume up. So every, what you do is you go in, you set that minimum amount, you set that profit that you want to achieve, and you buy every green in there, every green piece of every weapon or armor. Now, one of the things I did try and do, I did buy a lot of glyphs. I bought a lot of patterns, recipes and things. Some sold, some didn't.
0: The glyphs haven't been sold, selling too well. So I'm sitting on a lot of glyphs I bought at the beginning. I find that glyphs sell in, uh, in random batches. It depends on whether people are remembering to use their, that they want glyphs.
1: Now, that may be the case there, so... If you're actually starting out, my recommendation is stay away from the recipes, patterns, stay away from the glyphs, stay away from...
0: Armor and components, weapons. Components. Armor and weapons always sell.
1: Or cloth, that kind of stuff, because that's all dependent on somebody out there needing at that time to determine, okay, I need to make this, I want to bring up my clothing skill, I got to buy a whole bunch of wool, I got to buy a whole bunch of silk. You're yeah. dependent on somebody needing to buy components to bring usually bringing up their skill. They want to bring it up in batches. So stick to armor and weapons when you start out. Post everything. First time it took me about 2 hours. I I did my scans, I collected my items, I posted, did some more scans, collected the items and posted. Basically I collect, I, I bought enough stuff that filled up my mailbox, went in and posted that on that current scan. Waited a little bit, went back waiting because you got to wait 15 minutes between scans. Went back, rescanned again, so I could keep everything up to date, and got set up. But I think my first purchase with the 266 put me up to just over 200 items in the auction house. So where I have finally ended as of last night. So it's two weeks.
0: Two weeks to the day, almost.
1: Yeah. Well, t- tomorrow morning would be two weeks exactly. So yeah. today is the day. So as of last night, I had 1,665 gold in my pocket. And I had 247 items pending in the auction house. And the last check I made, two of those still had gold coming from them. I had about 50 items that I needed to repost. So that's not too bad for so, two weeks' worth so of basically
0: work. basically that's a 1,400 gold profit plus all the items that are still sitting in the auction house.
1: Yeah, so they, and some of those will sell, some won't. I haven't done too much disenchanting yet. But that's something I'm probably gonna start looking at doing. Um, one of the things I've done a lot of is when I did get my first amount up there to over a thousand. I've been up over a thousand a couple of times so far, and it's the reinvesting is why, but I've started buying a lot of blue items. So I'm probably running a third of my two hundred and fifty something items, two hundred and forty seven items, I'd say seventy five of those at least are blue items. And most of
0: those are running from 50 to a couple hundred apiece. So he's investing in the high-end blue item stuff. I wouldn't recommend that, really, in the long term. If you, if you, you, It's a long-term thing. In the short term, if you want to get quicker profits, stay with the greens. Because the greens sell quickly because you've got a lot of people in the levels that can use the greens. The blues can't be used until you're higher levels on a lot of them.
1: Well, I've been buying a lot so. of them lower-level blue items, too. Yeah. Not just sticking to the higher level. But it was something, he's right about that. i definitely right. I've been looking at that. It's great when a blue one sells. I don't sell as much of them as I do Mm -hmm. the greens. And I was thinking about that, that that was probably the last time was.
0: You also look at what those blue ones sell for. You know, a couple hundred gold for a lot of people out there, that means lots of hours of uh, slogging it out because they haven't discovered the secrets yet of the auction house to make their money. And if too many people discover the secrets, well, you know, that just means it'll be harder in the auction house.
1: Yeah, competition. So it means we'll be driving the prices down.
0: So that that covers the auction house stuff. we got one last piece to cover here for you. And that is the uh, walkthrough of the... Stockades in uh, Stormwind.
1: Uh, it's been a while since I've been through the stockades. You did that by yourself without?
0: Well, I, yeah, I, I got bored last week and I took my uh, my level fifty rogue through there to see what see what it was like. And of course, the stockades is a level twenty one to twenty eight dungeon, so it's a low level dungeon, and uh, it's a relatively straightforward dungeon to go through. It's real easy to get there. It's just, if you're in actual levels for the dungeon between 21 and 28, you will never be able to accomplish it on your own. If you're at 27, 28, you might be able to do it as a rogue. It's kind of iffy. Um, The biggest problem there is the way the mobs are set up in this dungeon. This dungeon is probably the easiest layout of all the dungeons I've been in. It's straight. It is
1: a jail. They are pretty simple, aren't they? You go into
0: it. (laughs) It, uh, pretty much dead. you enter into it and it pretty much dead ends into a room that you go to the left, you go to the right two long hallways down the left is a hallway with some minor bosses and lots of mobs down the right is the hallway that leads to a room where the major boss is at in this dungeon now these mobs are together though they're often two or three close enough together so if you hit one the other two are going to come join in it's almost guaranteed every time Unless you have the ability to pull one at a time, which takes a little effort. So you could do it singly if you know how to pull, and pull carefully. But for the most part, you, you pull one, you're going to pull at least two. And they're all uh, elites. Every one of the mobs in there is elites, so they uh, do take some pounding to pound them down into nothing. And even with my rogue, like just uh, for the fun of it, I wanted to see what would happen if I took on six at once. Well, I had to use up uh, my healing stuff really quick to keep from getting killed, and I almost had to vanish, so six, six Elites pounding on me at level 21 uh, can actually do some damage. I think I took they in there, I guess about level 65 or,
1: I don't know, I think it was about 70 went in there to help somebody out, one of the guild members. I was thinking, okay, I'm level 70, I'm going to run around and just collect them all up, And in several rooms at once yeah, and get them out in the middle of the hallway and just area effect them out and pound on them. It worked, but I ended up healing several times during that battle with 10 of them on me.
0: Yeah, it takes some effort. They do
1: knock you down. They can hit you even at 70 level. They can hit you. And when you got 10 to 15 of them on
0: you, they're whittling you down quick. So in In short though, no, it is also a pretty short dungeon too like I went through it uh taking my time I've got some video that'll be posted up with this podcast of the uh my trip through it and it took me only a half an hour to go through the dungeon. By I think myself. it
1: took us an hour we went through as a as a group when I was in my twenties. I went through yeah. as a group, and I think it took us an hour but we didn't have a high level help with us we were all within the level range
0: yeah so it, it's it's about an hour long it's you can expect uh but it's it's not a relatively easy dungeon, straightforward. Like I said, it's just down corridors, lots of rooms to clean out. There is is some pretty decent drops in there, all greens. Um, not a lot of them, though. I I found a few. Maybe I was just lucky.
1: I don't know. I didn't think we found a lot of drops. Not near as many as you get out of dead mines.
0: No, dead mines is the is the place for uh, green drops, man. Anytime you want drops, go to go to dead mines. It's like uh, drops galore. So that pretty much covers everything in uh, this podcast here. We want you to keep coming back and listening. So I hope you all enjoyed this. Uh,
1: I will work on trying to talk a little slower. I do know I tend to talk pretty fast.
0: Oh, and one other last thing here. Um, emails. Send us email. We want your emails. Uh, good, the bad, the ugly. Tell us how we're doing, tell us how we're not doing, tell us how good we are, how we suck. Go listen to us on uh, iTunes, subscribe to us. You know, let us know. Uh, Send emails to uh, me at opkonsu at uh, newtemple.com and to
1: Thea at newtemple.com. And that's T-H-A-U-L-A-H.
0: So that's it. Until next time, the Crusaders of New Temple. Ha <laughs> <laughs> nee.